You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. This is totally off the subject, but but on the subject. I understand that uh, uh, Facebook was messing with view counts on Facebook video to make it look like it had greater reach than it did. Interesting. <clears throat> and uh, there are organizations that basically fired writers and hired video people because they were looking for more reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Facebook wants it to look like they have a billion people on their platform all day long. Yes. Interesting. And so they, they made this major shift, and then all these writers are out of work, and the content, I mean, video content is important. Sure. But every time that I go to a like a newspaper site to read a uh, an article about something, I don't need the video. Right. Yeah, it almost gets in the way. It'll start playing, or you got to scroll past. <clears throat> Or just a regular article, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I agree. You, muting it, whatever. So, um, so anyway, I, I I don't know what that it, apropos of nothing, but yeah. it, it's going on. Well, yeah, and Instagram's algorithms all messed up, and the two guys who created Instagram just resigned, left. Well, probably uh, you know, rumor is pressure from not pressure from Facebook, but they disagreed with what Facebook's doing or not doing, and so they don't want a piece of it anymore. And they they made some major changes right away. Facebook, yeah. Oh, oh since you, those guys Instagram. left. Oh, yeah, Instagram. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you go to your, uh, if you go to your whatever it's called, your insights or notifications. Something? Oh yeah, yeah. Your notifications now include like people that you might want to follow yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, stuff as a separate. Yeah, yeah, Facebook stuff. Yeah, the, I I wonder if uh, uh, Instagram TVs do anything. I didn't even try it. I figured nobody's watching it. I kind of feel like nobody's watching. It. Maybe we'll throw some of these up there. Yeah, or at least a snippet. If you're going long format, I mean, you're going YouTube or you're going podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Or a movie. Mm-hmm. If you want highly produced, uh, but if you want that organic shit, you're going podcaster and podcast. Yeah, it's just simpler too. Who's gonna like watch a five minute video through like a crappy screen that's got to be vertical? I don't know. I don't know. People people watch movies on their phones all the time. That's not something that's I true really want to do. I only do that when I'm forced. Like something's weird with I don't know what airlines. I fly two different airlines. I fly uh, Southwest when it's real close, mm-hmm. and then I fly uh, United if I'm going further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something's with their TV stuff where sometimes on my phone it's like free, every movie, and then sometimes uh, on my laptop it'll like be five bucks for a movie. Mm. So that's the only time I watched a movie on my phone. But it is dumb. And my phone's big too. I got like the biggest Samsung or whatever. But it's still like... I'm more likely to watch on an iPad or something like that. Yeah, but for sometimes sure. the screens on the like, you go on flights that have a screen on the back of the um, of the seat. Yeah, yeah. They're not any bigger than in an iPad. Yeah, maybe smaller. Maybe smaller. But, but for yeah. some reason, I would watch it on there too. But then, how do they not update freaking planes? How does not every plane have a slightly bigger seats and a TV in front of it? I don't know. Because they, you know? they're just trying to cram people in. I don't yeah. Think, I think that's all they really care they about. They don't give a shit. And then, like, uh, and I understand there's a flight from LA to Sacramento every. 20 minutes like there's so many yeah. but like I was on a flight yesterday day before and there's like nobody on the plane there's like oh they hate that yeah probably like 50 of us I was like we're all wasting time here like just man you know like it just makes no sense I'm surprised they didn't cancel it yeah I think uh, what do they do normally C for Southwest they go up to C60 so yeah. normally there's a what 120 people on a plane Something a full like that, plane yeah. yeah there's probably there's probably 60 or less wow I'm glad they didn't cancel I would have been pissed I think because it's so close they just do it I don't know yeah Oh, uh, probably because the uh, the the returning flight might have enough people on it. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Or yeah, they just go San Jose to L.A. and Sacramento, L.A. all day long. So they just 
Well, speaking of movies, we're in a movie. You know, that's right here. Somebody actually DM me right after you did. Oh yeah. Uh, or maybe it was someone in my Twitch chat said, uh, "Hey, it's cool. It's cool to see you on Twitch. I'm used to seeing you on podcasts and YouTube, and it was cool to see you on the big screen." I was like, "The big screen," and then it clicked because you had informed me. Yeah, um, we are in the movie Transformer, which is a documentary about Janae Marie Kroc. No, no Mark Wahlberg or Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no. That would be way cooler. No. Be, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Kroc, but Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I would actually would love to be in a movie in which Shia LaBeouf totally loses his shit because that's something he does, right? I, I mean- Yeah, yeah. I like Shia <laughs> Shia and Jonah Hill are my two guys right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, I just saw- uh, uh, 90s? No, this oh. is the end. This oh. is the end? Yeah, yeah. The, Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. With, he turns uh, into with Seth Rogen in them? Yes, that's turns funny. into a demon. I feel like that's a little underrated. Like, uh, no one talks is. about it, but it's funny. I think it is. It's 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 like a just giant like end of the world cosplay to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just so typical of like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill comedy, uh, but it's funny. Yeah. yeah. They're just playing them playing absurd versions of themselves. Yeah, they're playing themselves, which is great. But yep, we played ourselves in a documentary. True. Actually, that's not the first documentary that I have been in. Not the second, not the third. What no, is it? Third. Netflix? Yeah, the third. Is it on Netflix? It is on uh, iTunes. Okay. And I- it's on Amazon. It is not current- Oh, it's on Amazon. Yeah. It's on Amazon Video. It's not currently free. You have to rent or buy it on either one of the platforms. What if you have Amazon Prime? No. I still had to pay. Uh, I just bought it because, yeah, I, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Janae is an executive producer on it, so I'm. I feel like that means that that uh, not only does she have some editorial control, but she probably put some money into it as well, sure. and uh, certainly into all of the um, surgery. It's very. It's a very touching, very interesting um, uh, slice of fitness. Yeah. Uh, bodybuilding. Yeah. Powerlifting. Political stuff going on. Um. You know it. it it was more personal. Oh, right. It was more personal. That's it wasn't cool. it was a little bit about about acceptance uh from the the rest of the world, but I'm that's uh I'm going to say this that uh her sons and her um three best friends yeah have the best attitude and it and it's something that we've seen reflected a lot in the powerlifting community that I would not have expected. Yeah. I would not have expected for people to be so uh Accepting and and kind. Powerlifting's background. Uh, we'll tell the story just a hair too for those that don't know who Janae Kroc is. But powerlifting's background, which is me and Jim, pretty much for the last whatever Jim, maybe fifteen years or something. Me, maybe the last that, ten. Yeah, yeah uh, is. Typically very blue collar, typically very Midwest, typically mm-hmm. pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's expanded uh, leaps and bounds over the last five years. Powerlifting's really exploded, and there's a, a new age of young cats rolling in. Right. Um, but it's a very Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas type vibe to it. So politically, right. uh, you would assume the same. Uh, it's a little bit older of a sport. You know, you know, lift some heavy shit. You're 30, 40 yeah. year yeah. old construction worker is kind of the typical game. Uh, you want to talk about, yeah, just maybe who Janae is for a second? So Janae uh, is the current identity of uh, Matt Krosleski. And Matt was a uh, Marine who served on the uh, honor guard in the Clinton White House. I didn't know that. He uh, had testicular cancer and is a cancer survivor, uh, is a pharmacist, and has known since uh, uh, he was very little that he is a she on the inside. Uh, this film is it's an exploration of the thought process that it takes her to get to uh, start to take surgical steps. Pro uh, pro strongman, world record holding power lifter, 
and not not strongman. Just did just, strongman though. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, pro? I think did some okay. strongman. Not, not pro, pro bodybuilder. Definitely pro bodybuilder. Body, yeah, bodybuilder did bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, first first probably the first powerlifter I knew by name. Big uh, uh, contracts with like big supplement companies and would would be in magazines like big time magazines where yeah. powerlifting. No, even today it's rare to get a powerlifter in a big magazine. First powerlifter to have a uh, supplement sponsorship. Oh, see, well, then that's why I knew him. Yeah, because yeah. I knew him probably. Her, I knew Janae as Matt in mm-hmm. 2009, maybe yeah, in 2010. I, and I knew Janae as Matt. But I also knew that there was more to it than that from from pretty early on, probably 08, 09, yeah. something like that. Well, circles that. and powerlifting run small yeah. you know, until recent. Now it's kind of integrated yeah. into the fitness space, but it's a pretty small, even still, community that's been around. Yeah, I actually have. I have a message to share with you later that I got from her oh, um, cool. the other day. But um, anyway, um, somebody that everybody looked up to, but nobody understood what what she was going through on the inside. So anyway, I say check out the movie. It if you're you know if you don't want to put the money into a, a documentary, which I think you should, but if you don't want to put your money into it, it'll eventually be on um, on Netflix. I'm assuming, yeah, or Amazon Prime for free or something. Yeah, probably some. It's it was produced uh, out of Canada with the Documentary Channel, so yeah. um, check it out. Suckers. So check it out, Transformer. Yeah, I haven't seen a good documentary in a while. I I, I recently moved and. Uh, even still, I've been watching like Twitch or like doing or creating content. Yeah. When I'm streaming, like I stream for five hours. So they're like, that's like a work day. So I don't get to like look at shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like normally when you're podcasting or YouTubing, you can backlog episodes a little bit. So I might have like a day off and I'll mm-hmm. do YouTube or a movie day or whatever. But like when you stream, there's no day off. So like you have to be live, obviously. And so like <sighs> I used to just have like shit going, like a movie going or documentary going. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have Netflix. I don't have HBO Go or whatever. I need to get that. I like documentaries. Run on mom's Netflix. Yeah, so I was on my mom's Netflix, but my mom was on my sister's Netflix, and so I feel bad like asking my sister for it again. So I'm either gonna have to buy it or or steal somebody else's. I, there are a number of people on mine. Yeah, like my whole like you know extended family, including my um, um my adult adopted. Uh, it's are on my. Netflix. It's wild. Uh, they don't have a login um, uh, cap, right? I don't uh, think they have a login or watch. And if they do, it's only Netflix. The other ones don't. Like Hulu and, and HBO don't. And it's still, they're making billions a year. Yeah. With Netflix, uh, it's a certain number of screens at a time. I okay. think what I pay for is up to like six screens at a time, that's which a is lot. a lot. Yeah. What's that, 20 bucks a month? Not that. Yeah. I don't think maybe 15? 15. Yeah, that's wild. That's pretty good, man. It makes sense why Blockbuster went out of uh, service and, and soon. Uh, I think I think cable TV is suffering if, if not going out out. Uh, they're the trying to figure out what too. the next model is. Everyone's streaming. Everyone's yeah. streaming something, but even then, I don't think they can compete with prices. For you to get a bunch of channels through like a satellite direct or whatever, it's probably like 50 bucks a month. How do you compete with Netflix that is coming out with original series that are actually good now? Mm-hmm. I remember when ne- I remember when Netflix was uh, uh, DVDs in the mail, mm-hmm. and they had shit DVDs in the mail. It was cheaper, but you couldn't even get good movies. Mm-hmm. And then they went streaming, and it was the worst movies of all time, like C-list movies only. And then and then they, they got okay movies, and then they started making their own original stuff, and it was trash. Mm-hmm. And then now their original stuff some of my favorite series of all time, like Stranger Things. Right. They're killing it. Yeah, and they have reached the point where they're starting to actually cancel things that are not doing as well. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is, they, people talk about that as a, a sign of actual maturity. Of course. So b- before they had invested money, and they're like, "Oh, we're no, we're we're this is like sunk. We're we're we have to keep going with this because we don't have anything else." Now it's like, "Oh, we actually have a lot of options. We can, we can 
pass on this stuff. Yeah. And or, I think that some of the stuff that they've canceled is going to end up on Disney's service or whatever, ultimately, anyway. Oh, yeah, but, Disney's making their own Netflix, right? Yeah, and that's another issue that, that is bugging me. How many of these different individual yeah. services am I going to have to subscribe to to get yeah. stuff I want to see? I already have an issue with... Uh, you know, CBS because the new Star Trek is on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually watched it in the UK because it's on Netflix in the UK. So I watched yeah. the whole thing. I, st- and, I binged it while I was on vacation. And then sports or movies. <clears throat> right. Yeah, and, and HBO has like two series I like, but not all of them. And then Netflix has two I like, and then you're buying all of them anyways. It's right. A, it's a mess. 2018, first world problems. All right, so fat. Uh, 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 dietary fat. Dietary fat. Different to adipose tissue, which is the fat we carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but dietary fat is somebody else's fat, right? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, a, animal, it's or animal plant. fat, plant fat, nut fat, nut fat, nut fat. Yeah, nut fat. That's nut fat. Is nut fat an Sup, oil? Sup, ladies. Uh oh. And what's oil? What's just, oil? Just liquid fat. Is oil liquid fat? That's a we good might have question. to get. So we 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 have our our, our boy Eric Helms going to answer these, but um, we might need a chef for some of this. Eric might not know. You know, like Eric will know how it acts in your body and stuff, but like. Oil, the fat. There's something. Oh, there's something with. All right, <clears throat> let's slow down. <laughs> fat is one of the ma- ma- macronutrients. Right. What is fat? Is our question. Right. Um. It, it, it's got more calories per per gram. It's got nine calories per gram. Nine. Yep. That that I'm sure of. Um. I know we need it to live. It, it helps regulate hormones and a bunch of different things and keep us healthy. The oil question is good, and I, again, only 50% know the answer, but it's got something to do with, like, saturated fat or not. Because mm-hmm. uh, some fat at room temp will tell you, like, what kind of fat it is, you know? That's why, like, bacon fat's, like, gross at room temp, and supposedly, at least old school thought is that is bad for you. And olive oil and things are liquid fat, and that's supposed to be good for you. And it has something to do with saturated fat and non, but, but, but also the health of that, I think, is up in the air. If it's good or for you or not, that's a really good question that I don't have an answer for because it used to be that poly, yeah, unsaturated fat was supposed to be really bad just for death. you, just or, death. or yeah. Connor's over here like yeah. rolling in his <laughs> seat because we're, we're he studied toxicology, that's why. But yeah, I think it's polyunsaturated is like bacon and things and, and like a steak on the grill, and that's literally just giving you cancer as you look at it. Is he going to do like CSI when we when we die? He's going to do the toxicology to see what. Yeah, that's us? him. Okay, Dexter, Dexter. So we know. Um, yeah, and it used to be that you didn't want to eat any fat, and suddenly it's okay to eat fat, or at least it's some fat. Yeah. And then the relationship between dietary fat and cholesterol is one of those things that has really changed over time, and I don't really know. Uh, like I don't know the science behind that very well. I don't think there's a consensus. I think there is two different groups still. I think the the saturated, polyunsaturated, mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, dietary because cholesterol is a form of fat, and there's dietary, and then there's whatever's floating around in our blood. Uh, I think there's still two camps that say whether it's healthy for you or not. And okay, my understanding is that your body actually makes cholesterol. Yeah, I think so. And then cholesterol makes testosterone somehow. And cholesterol makes testosterone somehow. And, I, and testosterone's good, so give me cholesterol is, is how yeah. it works logically, but I don't know. I feel like we're going to end up doing another episode this cholesterol, but right now so we're going to talk yeah. about fat. Yeah, we'll get more specific. But yeah, I think that's a form of, of, of fat. Um, it tastes delicious. It, it does taste delicious. It it uh, it changes the mouthfeel yeah. of- um, Yeah, good steak. Yeah. That's that's why that's good. Um, I, I think it um, uh, is a great energy source. 
Uh, It's like a slower burning type energy source. And that's like an old myth too that Eric can definitely get into. But like, like, uh, like, oh, well, like slow state cardio burns fat more. But I think what slow state cardio burns more of is like dietary fat, not necessarily adipose fat. Adipose fat, I think adipose fat has to do more with the general calorie balance that we eat, right? If we're in a calorie deficit, car- cardio is helping us increase that, car- that, that that calorie deficit and just burning adipose tissue, right? It's literally stored energy on our body mm-hmm. where slower state cardio or endurance athletes do perform better with higher fat diets because it's a slower burning en- energy. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like like a wick on a candle, right? That thing's just flaring up mm-hmm. or the, 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 the slow burn through the, the, the wax. That's how I think of kind of carbs versus fat. Fat's that slow burn or the oil Mm-hmm. The oil that you burn a, a old school candle with that's mm-hmm. like a slow burn that could last a day rather than like some flint that'll just explode up. That's kind of that carbohydrate, high intensity cardio. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm scratching the surface of some real shit. The, 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 flint, the flint is the fast burn carbs, right? If I just go sprint down the hall, my body's using a little bit more of, of, of dietary carbohydrate and glycogen and rather than if I go for a 10 mile jog, now my body's using a little bit more of that fat, the dietary fat, right. not necessarily the adipose fat. And that's where you've talked many times of vocabulary, trying to be specific, which we may not do, but our expert will. Exactly. And then, and as we said, to recap, um, it if you're not using the right vocabulary, if you don't understand um, what the, the concepts are, you can like talk about stuff and just be wrong. Right. And then everybody's shaking their head. Saying, or what the what question the, is. What the fuck? What the fuck? Anyway. What else do we know about fat? Um, sources are everywhere. Yeah, every animal. I think vegetables. Maybe not fruit. Even though uh, I can't think of a Is fruit. Is there fat in fruit? Avocado's a fruit. It's got a nut. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. So it's uh, so some, but not many. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's necessary. I think you go too low in males and females, and your 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 hormones start to get fucked up. It's obviously calorie dense and in, 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 in the process of adding that to some kind of carbs, you know, donuts again, things like that mm. uh, are, are, are more easily eaten because they're delicious. And that's why America's fat. And I think that we'll um, we'll probably have another follow-on episode when we talk about um, actual adipose levels, body fat, like yep. what's reasonable and and, uh, and all that. But uh, I think that... Um, that's all we know. I think that's all we know. <laughs> I think that's all I know. It's amazing how 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 much and how little, and I guess we're gonna find out like how little it really is, or or, or how or, dumb we sound, because uh, he's gonna go like the chemical form and all this shit. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. You're like yeah, I don't, and I've probably read it in a textbook, but I don't know any of it. Yeah, well, obviously we can always ask him to break things down in a way that we can understand. This is the um, the explain like I'm five of podcasting. Yeah, so. Eric, help me. <laughs> all right, we're gonna go to our expert now, Mr. Eric Helms. Okay, we're back with Eric Helms, and we're going to talk about fat, what we know about fat. Um, I'm looking at my notes, and uh, one of the ones that one of the things that jumps out at me about fat is uh, the effect on mouth feel that mm. that makes us maybe just want to keep eating or or not. How how yes. how does fat content affect how we how we perceive food great question and first just thanks for having me back on guys and uh welcome back yeah it's just it's just nice to be back on and have the first thing we talk about be mouthfeel i just (laughs) feel like we're getting 
I just, We're getting closer every time. Yep. I, pi- I picture you in my head, and, and my mouth gets a feel, you know? <laughs> That's just what happens. You are my, that, you are my dietary fat. I, I, I will take it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honored yeah. and, and a little bit turned on. My strip, so my cool. strip of bacon. My, my downunda strip of bacon. Oh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, great question. So, yeah, fat uh, as far as how it affects um, satiety uh, you know, and, and, and hunger – our natural appetite signals. Um, it does some interesting things. Yeah. So, so low fat diets definitely are reported to have less of a mouthfeel and, uh, you can definitely see that people, uh, don't have as much satiety signaling, uh, or at least subjectively that mouthfeel is something that people cite. Um, the, the release of cholecystokinin, that's CCK, but more importantly, that's just a, uh, something that get released in the body that influences our appetite and hormones does come from eating fat. Um, if you looked at a lot of studies in the 80s and 90s, uh, they would very much focus on the fact that fat was 9 calories per gram, uh, it was a higher energy density, and that it was really easy to overeat, uh, and that really if you want to avoid uh, you know, obesity or, or, or you know, overconsumption of food, you should just cut your fat content down. And I think that is a probably an overly reductionist way of looking at it because, like you said, you know, fat does, does add a certain amount of, of, of enjoyment to food, palatability, uh, and then there are, you know, hormones released when you eat fat that also contribute to satiety. And if you guys remember the way back when, months ago, when I was on the show and we talked about protein, um, <laughs> I brought up how the, uh, the ketogenic diet, independent of the protein intake, um, and we're not 100% sure whether this is due to the high fat content or the low carb content. I would say it's probably due to low carbs. Um, it does seem to result in a reduction in uh, ad libitum food consumption or just the natural amount of food you'd eat. And people typically, at least for a few weeks, um, eat less food, lose some, lose some body fat, and then that stabilizes and they kind of go back to normal. So definitely it's important to consider that fat does contribute to our satiety signaling and appetite. How does fat rate as an energy source? As you said, it's you know nine nine calories. K cal. K cals. Yeah, compared to CHO. Yeah, uh, lipids, CHO. Lipids, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, are they're, they're yeah they, they're they're basically a very dense uh, energy and um, per gram they have more than twice the calories of protein and carbohydrates, which are four K cals per gram. So it is useful, I find, to if you are trying to reach a high energy intake, uh, which is not common among you know bodybuilders or powerlifters trying to gain weight, or uh, athletes in general who just have a high energy expenditure, to include you know a fair amount of fats in your diet. Um, however, pure calorie content is not the only thing you should be considering. Um, you know, there's there's a limit to what fat can do in terms of uh, metabolism and fueling exercise because it is not a fast fuel. So the ways in which we actually produce energy in the body, you know, the anaerobic energy system, which is, you know, what lifting contributes to, fat really can only do so much there. And at most, it's probably uh, kind of fueling us a little bit during rest periods. We have to rely on glycogen and blood glucose uh, and, of course, creatine phosphate and ATP uh, to produce the vast majority of our lifting efforts. Um, so um, it, it's, it's not that fat is directly fueling your exercise unless you are doing some very low-intensity, steady-state stuff. Um, for the most part, uh, 
a way to look at it, we have what's called the respiratory exchange ratio, which just means that uh, the ratio of fat versus carbohydrate you're burning at any given intensity of exercise. And that ratio shifts more towards fat uh, the, the lower the intensity of exercise. Some but of, this is not – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say some of that um, gets confusing in the past, I think, because people just say fat rather than dietary fat or adipose. And then also with mm. carbohydrates, right, it matters if it's like dietary carbs or, or glycogen that's in your muscles, right? Everyone's been on that treadmill and it's telling you to head towards this fat-burning zone. Is that more having to do with the, the adipose on our body or the dietary fat we're eating, you know, if you're doing that low intensity per se? You know, that, that's a good question. So there, there's a difference between what you can liberate in terms of the total amount of energy from glycogen, which is stored carbohydrate in your muscle, glucose, which is actually glucose in your blood, uh, dietary fat or triglycerides that are, that are, that are there or actual having to liberate it from, from tissue. Um, but it can all contribute towards those same two broader categories. However, the issue you brought up around the fat-burning zone on a treadmill is almost more related to the total energy content and then looking at uh, calorie burning in too, with too close of a microscope. So for example, um, if I was to get on that treadmill and my goal is to lose body fat and I see that and I go, oh, I should only be exercising at 120 beats per minute and then I'll be burning almost primarily fat, that's great. My goal is to lose body fat. The issue is not necessarily what I'm burning in terms of calories at that moment, whether they're from fat or carbohydrates. It's that I'll burn far fewer calories spending my time at 120 beats mm. per minute. And someone might say, well, that's fine. I don't care about burning calories. I just want to burn fat. And I go, oh, right, let's look at the big picture here. If you got on that treadmill and you burned all carbohydrates, let's say you depleted your glycogen a whole bunch and you burned, let's say, 500 calories all from carbs, no fat was burned. Was that a failure? And they'd go, yeah, of course it was. And I go, well, what's going to happen the rest of the day? You've got no more glycogen to fuel your, 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 your efforts. Um, you know, you, you've made a 500 calorie sink. So what's going to get burned the rest of the day? And they go, well, I, I don't know. What's, what's the answer, Eric? And I go, well, you should have thought more. And then I tell them anyway. And I say, it's going to be fat. Like, what else do you have left? You burn through all your carbohydrates. So now for the rest of the day, you have to rely on fat burning. So the, the, the substrate you burn immediately during exercise has very little effect on long-term body composition changes. And this also has to do with kind of the whole myth of you don't want to eat after a certain time or you don't want to eat after training or, or all these different time-related consumption of fat, carbohydrates, or calories as a whole. So, for example, if you were to eat all of your calories and then stop at 6 p.m. because you were thinking, hey, I'm not active after 6 p.m. If I eat food after 6, I'm just going to store it. That might actually be true. So let's say uh, you don't eat after 6 p.m. So from 6 p.m. until you have breakfast the next day, from 6 to, let's say, 8 a.m. the next morning, you're burning a lot of body fat. That's fine, but it doesn't change anything because from the whole time from, let's say, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m., you are storing body fat. So it's that net change that matters. Likewise, if you didn't eat anything at all until 6 p.m. and then you put all of your food from 6 to 10 p.m., yeah, you'd store a lot of body fat at that point, but you had to have relied on body fat for fuel the whole rest of the day. So really, you have to look at it kind of like a bank account, right? It's whether or not the net transactions are greater or less than, you know, the net deposits kind of thing, or withdrawals and deposits, excuse me. And not to dive so, in too deep, but that's kind of like intermittent fasting. It may help if your habits kind of work that way, but overall calories are still going to kind of uh, dictate what the hell goes on. 
Well said. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're, you're, the timing of your meals and the number of meals you eat and how you distribute them, if that influences the total 24-hour energy balance and the long-term energy balance, then great. You know, if you find that you just always consume a few hundred calories less if you use an intermittent fasting approach, that might be valuable. You'll lean up slowly over time. Um, so, but it's not because you only ate from, you know, 2 to 10 p.m. It's because eating from 2 to 10 p.m. resulted in you eating less total calories overall. I, uh, uh, biggest pet peeve for me are illogical humans. Number two biggest pet peeve for me are, are buzzwords. Uh, healthy mm. fat, good, good fat, uh, salmon and avocado and not fried food, and then, and then saturated fat or unsaturated poly fats and lipids. What the hell is all that, Eric? Yeah, so a lot of this just comes down to the, the way those fats are, are they're, what their structure looks like. Uh, so we, you've probably heard of like omega-3s and omega-6s um, and how you know, fish and, and other, other sources are good and others are bad and that you need to have a certain ratio. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the, uh, the carbohydrate uh, podcast we had. I think that was maybe what, three years ago. Something like that. 2000, 2003. Yeah. The first carbohydrate <laughs> podcast known to man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shortly after Freud granted the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <Poof>. um, <laughs> yeah so, so much like uh, you probably want a good balance of carbohydrates from multiple sources, I would say the same thing is true of fats. Um, you really only get into trouble if you have really one category just totally dominating things. Like all you eat is a ton of saturated fats like from, from animal sources and nothing else. Um, and you're not getting in anything from, say, olive oils or, or avocado or things like that or nuts, etc. Um, but we don't actually have good data to know what is the optimal balance between it all. We just kind of know it's all observational. Like Americans have a shitty omega-6 to 3 ratio. Uh, therefore, you want to hire three to six. But that's observational. We're, we're not really sure. It might just be that Americans eat too much calories overall mm. or, or some other factor. So I, I think a good take-home is just to not probably think of indiv any individual fat source as unhealthy and just kind of go back to the whole everything in moderation and make sure that you have sources uh, from a lot of different places. Um, we do have good data on certain fat sources being associated with, with a lot of health, like the Mediterranean diet, olive oil seems to be uh, definitely something that, that, that promotes good health in the diet. I think that we have a solid enough evidence basis for that. But it doesn't mean you would replace your entire diet with olive oil. Um, you know, and, and the same thing with fish oil. We have pretty good data showing that uh, individuals who regularly consume fish or take fish oil uh, seem to have some, some indications of, of better health and even in some cases better performance. But that data is a little less uh, firm. What about cholesterol? People say the same thing. I feel like it's every every six months. Cholesterol is good. Cholesterol is bad. Uh, uh, red meat fat is good. Red meat fat is bad. Uh, and, and then cholesterol that we eat, right? Dietary cholesterol is a little bit different than than cholesterol causing me to have a heart attack. Yeah. So yeah, the cholesterol is is another one of those uh, kind of like we talked about with either sugar being the, the the worst thing in the world or fat or what paleo man ate. Uh, cholesterol is definitely. Uh, one of those that, that typically gets uh, villainized every once in a while. And there are individual differences in uh, cholesterol uh, processing. And some people are produce more in their body or rather have a, have a better regulation of cholesterol in their body uh, than others. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's essentially a, a structural component that, that's part of the body. It's in all animal cell membranes. And so it is important. We don't want to villainize any of these. 
Um, and for the most part, I would say that so long as your total calories are in balance and you have a balanced diet, you probably don't need to worry about your cholesterol intake. Um, and that's probably something that that's more of a, a function of uh, if you're taking in too much. Now that said, just as, as kind of a something for everyone to remember when they listen to me talk about health is that I'm a bodybuilding and powerlifting researcher. So my expertise is, is, is mostly in, in taking people who are jacked and making them jacked-er uh, versus providing like good public health information. But, um, but certainly I, from, from what I know and from my limited expertise in, in the field of nutrition for health, I wouldn't be worried about cholesterol. I think the associations between cholesterol and health are um, not that strong and probably confounded by uh, overconsumption of food as a whole. Uh, versus it, it being the the linchpin that that is thought to be the problem. So, side note on your jackness expertise, uh, a <laughs> lot of uh, health stuff, you know, and there is debates going on still, right, about what we eat and what's healthy, and 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 does it even matter to be healthy, right? A bunch of people are living a real long time smoking cigarettes, and what does that all mean? Um, we mm. think, and I think you and I are on the same page as well as Jim, that if you have a healthy uh, uh, body fat percentage, uh, you're, you're fairly active, and then you get some kind of variety in your diet, that's probably our overall best way to be healthy right if, if we have uh, now if we're overweight we have we have extra adipose tissue hanging off us uh, for a long period of time now we have to dig into some things and start to worry about cholesterol and all that just going into you know you you saying public health but i think there is some you know a lot of uh, correlation or relation between bodybuilding obviously bodybuilding an extreme um, but if we all have a little bit less body fat and a little bit more muscle we'll probably also be more generally healthy yeah absolutely and it's it's also difficult to separate between um, the lifestyle habits and the nutritional habits that lead to someone being with obesity uh, or someone being a bodybuilder uh, versus the end, end point. Um, so, for example, if you were to take someone who is uh, very high in body fat, but they start becoming more active, uh, you know, they, they include a lot more fruits and vegetables, uh, they, they think in different terms about their body, they become more uh, mentally accepting and seeing themselves as having intrinsic value and they you know have a better relationship with food uh, and maybe their body fat goes down a little bit but it doesn't change a whole lot they're going to be a ton healthier uh, than, than than they were even you know weeks weeks and months prior at, at still the same body fat level and uh, likewise with with bodybuilders sometimes you will see some very unhealthy habits you know mm. cyclical binge eating uh, you know abuse of, of, of certain you know, pharmacological agents which have side effects. Mm. Um, even among natural bodybuilders, though, if we just keep it to that, um, sometimes they, they might be uh, struggling on and off with disordered eating. They might have body image issues. Um, they might have poor sleep patterns. That's something I see a lot just because they're very kind of wound up individuals. So I think, I think it's important to, to discontextualize that, yeah, body composition, like I, it would, I would be remiss to say that it doesn't matter what your BMI is or how much body fat you're carrying. And, and I think it is, from a health standpoint, purely important to, to not be too high in body fat or too low, for that matter, uh, for, for a long term. Um, but, but yeah, I think your lifestyle choices and your activity should be the main thing you focus on and to let your body composition changes be a result of, of, good, of good habits over time um, versus purely focusing on, like, do I have abs? Because I think a lot of people... Uh, get very unhappy because it, our fitness industry is a little too focused on fixing the way you look versus having a more holistic health. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think we've been fairly comprehensive on fats here, um, even deeper than I thought we were going to get. But is there anything that we've missed that you feel like people need to understand or don't 
or misunderstand or don't know uh, about fat? Yeah, I would say uh, one thing that often comes up is, is people will go, well, you know, I, I eat a higher fat diet, so I burn more fats. Um, and it is true that the higher fat you eat, and for that matter, the higher carbs you eat, you will use more of that substrate. Um, but it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. If you go on to a 60 or 70% fat diet, uh, yes, you're burning more fat, but you're also eating 60 or 70% fat. So right. it, it kind of, uh, it, it, the net balance doesn't necessarily change. Um, and uh, I think people also get it caught up in their head. And this kind of goes back to our carbohydrate episode, uh, that insulin is, which, which is higher when you're on a higher carbohydrate diet, is a fat storage hormone. And therefore, the only way to lose fat is to be on a low carbohydrate diet. Mm. Uh, but the reality is that insulin is, can only store something if there's something to be stored there. So if you're in a net energy deficit, um, you know, peak insulin levels, they can't do anything. There's nothing to store. So uh, whether or not you are gaining or losing body fat has a lot more to do with your total energy balance. Uh, and do you have an adequate protein intake to maintain muscle mass versus whether you're eating a lot of fat or a little fat or a lot of carbs or a little carbs. So just a nice little aside there. Eric, you know what's coming. Favorite fat source? Favorite fat source? I'm going to have to go with cheese. Oh. Mm. Uh, cheese is very a bunch. Yeah, like, uh, you know, Swiss, maybe lean, and then, you know, cheddar's fat, or, or right? Like some, some have a little bit more carbs in them, some have a little bit more fat in them. Cheeses are typically not very high in, uh, in carbs, um, but they are – basically, you're just changing the ratio of fat to carbs mm. and, uh, and flavor and age gumminess or whatever. And uh, whether it's Parmesan or blue cheese or feta – or halloumi. Your, so you your tone that. changed a little bit when you started naming those buddies. <laughs> the Isley Brothers. Cue the Isley Brothers. Start selling. Now let me tell you about cheese. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah pretty much all cheeses. I'm a fan. Eric, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. Thanks for uh, uh, wasting your days away with us. Uh, plug away. Where can people find you? Well, as always, you can find me at 3D muscle that is uh, the one-stop shop for information on drug-free uh, lifting whether you're recreational or competitive uh, and from there you can find links to my books the muscle and strength pyramids which will teach you how to train how to do your nutrition and for all those megan muscle nerds out there you can check out monthly applications and strength sport that's me greg knuckles and mike zerdos covering uh, the most recent research every month and if you want to follow me more regularly, you can check me out on Instagram at Helms3DMJ. Thanks so much, man. Thanks uh, uh, to you and, and Berto and all the guys at 3DMJ. You've really uh, uh, led a path for me and my career, whatever it is the heck that I do. But I've, I've learned so much from you guys over the years. Uh, you guys have done leaps and bounds, I think, for the industry on, on a greater level, um, but 100% on, on, on the niche level of, of natural bodybuilding, natural powerlifting. Uh, and all the coaches that I see that are doing things correctly right now uh, have come from your camp and it's it's uh it's an anomaly that i think people need to pay a little bit more attention to you guys really blazed blazed the trail for a lot of us i really appreciate that that's some very kind things to say i'm totally honored to hear that thank you and uh come on over to the states buddy uh the internet's calling for it uh there <laughs> there needs to be a dance battle so uh you know bring your little posing trunks i'll, I'll wear mine i don't know if it's going to be a twerk battle or what but uh, i hope to see you soon my man Oh, you don't want none of that, but I will bring it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to share with your friends. Do us a favor and subscribe. You can follow me, Silent Mike, with two Ks on Instagram and Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. You can follow me at the Jim McD on all the major social media platforms. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at 50% Facts, 50% Facts. 
Our one big ask of you right now is that you review or rate this show on whatever platform you're currently using. That helps people find the show. If you like the show, then recommend it to other people uh, through that method. Or actually just in person, too, as well. Just like say, hey, why don't you listen to this show? It's really good. So we'd appreciate that, and we'll catch you next time.